Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny hosts the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine and the SB Nation of uh, Network of Podcasts. We're recording this on May 23rd, 2019, and we're going to be talking today with Max Olson of The Athletic, who uh, had a piece out recently on some of the stats uh, and you know digging he's done into transfers and the transfer portal. Uh, it's a hot topic right now in college football. But before we get into that, just wanted to ask you all if you're liking what you're hearing so far, and please make sure to give us a uh, five-star review and uh, rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or I guess wherever you get your podcasts. That just makes it easier for people to find uh, all this great content that we're serving up here. So anyway, let's go ahead though and and, uh, welcome Max on to talk a little bit about uh, the Transfer Portal. Max, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing really well, thanks. So, you know, I came across, you know, your story on the uh, Transfer Portal last week. Obviously, it's been getting uh, quite a bit of attention, uh, you know, being the offseason and whatnot. Um, and so I was hoping you could maybe, you know, just maybe talk for, to us a little bit about just the basics of how the portal works to start off. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, I think that it's funny how we've sort of assigned this name and, and given this sort of hype to it when it's literally just a database on a website, um, that, you know, a kid goes and, and tells compliance he wants to leave and they put his name on it and that's that, but you know, it's, we kind of, it, it, it's kind of taken on this sort of mythical thing now when it's, you know, ultimately it's, it's about, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I think it's, I think it's good that players can, uh, can now leave when they want to leave and, and go where they want to go without uh, being controlled by their former school. But uh, I, I think what we're seeing now, now that players have that kind of freedom is in this first year, when you just look at the numbers uh, I, and I looked at the power five numbers, you know, we've had more than 475 or yeah, more than 470 players at just the power five level who've, who've gone into this and uh, less than a hundred of them, you know, about 20% or so have, have gone to another power five program. So, you know, you know, there are, I think close to 250 guys that are still out there who still haven't found a home as we had in the summer. So, uh, you know, that was the thing that kind of intrigued me is sort of how is this actually playing out? And, and why is it that, uh, you know, so many kids have not found a home so far? Yeah, and so, I I mean, okay, so player gives, obviously, their notice to the school. They have a specified amount of time to, uh, you know, submit all their information to get it into the portal. But does that mean the player is just is automatically leaving the school that he's gone? No, it, and, that, and that's kind of a, a, not just a misperception, but one that's been kind of interesting to follow here is, you know, the intent of this was that a kid could put his name on this database and schools could contact him if they were interested uh, and, and they could either leave or they could change their mind and stay put. Um, 
and I think that's a I think that's ideally a, a good way to go. But college football coaches are, are not down for that. Um, you know, if you're going to come and tell them you want to transfer, and you know, I talked to Herm Edwards and a few others who basically mm-hmm. said, if you're doing that, like, there's no other way. You're out. And and they, uh, you know, they yank your your financial aid. And so, um, you know, I wish it were a situation where it was more exploratory. Where you and you know, we have seen kids, um, you know, d- that that put their names in it and decided to come back. Um, you know, we, the sermon at, at Washington is a good example mm-hmm. of that, where the coach went and met with him and convinced him to change his mind. And I wish we'd seen more of that, but I think these coaches are, are kind of treating it like betrayal and, and removing the scholarship, and then that kid has to go find somewhere to go. Right, and I was going to bring that up. You know, some of the coaches talking about pulling scholarships once the player enters the portal, but I guess the flip side of this also, though, isn't in a lot of cases that, coaches necessarily aren't too concerned about the the players who are leaving i mean you know in a lot of cases we i mean you know it never gets out there that a player has been cut or had his scholarship taken away or anything like that but i mean we all know how that goes on with you know kind of the more um informal process of encouraging them to uh, look around or leave right oh yeah no i mean there's no doubt there there are definitely a lot of players maybe even hundreds of players who are in the portal right now um, who, you know, they had disciplinary issues, they had academic issues. Um, you know, I talked to Herm Edwards about the, you know, they've had, I think, more than 15 guys in the portal now, and he said a bunch of them just figured out they couldn't play at Arizona State, or that, you know, he signed freshmen who surpassed them on the depth chart, and they, they realized they weren't going to get their chance, and, and he's fine with them moving on. I mean, I think there's a lot of coaches who, um, you know, they're certainly okay with those kind of players going into the portal and, and finding somewhere else to go. And I, you know, when I talked to, to Lincoln Riley about this uh, for this story, his his feeling was, you know, he he and his staff are looking at that list every day, and he said when you actually look into these guys, you know, which ones are on scholarship and which ones are in walk-ons, you know, which um, you know which ones are on some kind of like academic probation, which of them have been you know suspended for various things. He said that list really does whittle down to only a few guys he's yeah. interested in taking. So yeah, there certainly are a lot of players out there that the coaches probably you know either they're, they're either not upset the player left or they encourage them to yeah and you mentioned lincoln riley now you know he was involved uh, earlier this year in some controversy around uh one of his players transferring that would be quarterback uh, austin kendall who uh, went to west virginia and um apparently riley had put a restriction on him that prevented him from transferring inside the big 12 so i mean you know, are those kinds of restrictions, do they pop up there on a player? I mean, is that, is that made known that, you know, a program is still, you know, trying to uh, keep them from necessarily uh, moving, uh, you know, I guess limiting kind of some of their options in that regard? Yeah. You know, I think that's something that's going away. I mean, I think that's something that's been very um, common in, in past years that, Hey, you cannot transfer to anyone in our conference. You cannot transfer to anyone. We're going to play in our schedule in the next, you know, X number of years that that's kind of the, been, been a consistent way to do it over the years. And I think that was sort of part of, part of this, you know, kind of new era with the portal is, is giving players the freedom uh, to go wherever they want. And uh, I think you even saw the PAC 12 announced within the last week that, that they're now mm-hmm. going to let, uh, if a player wants to transfer to another PAC 12 school, he can do so without losing the year of eligibility. And I, I imagine the other conferences probably should consider that too. So yeah, th- those kind of restrictions on where you can and can't go, um, you know, it, it was it was worth a try in Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's case. And I understand the logic. I mean, that's certainly a guy that's taking your playbook somewhere else, and, yeah. and certainly it's going to require some adjustments when you play him. But 
um, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of in a time now where there is more of that player freedom and you really kind of can't, you kind of can't place those restrictions on them anymore. Yeah, I think that's that's clearly uh, you know there's so much publicity every time something like that happens that it you know for it's just not worth the PR hit from what I can tell. So for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of you know you talked about the 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 raw numbers there and you know play you know power five kids versus non power five kids. I mean. Are you seeing a lot of kids maybe moving down to a group of five conference or, you know, group of five kids who might move up? You know, I mean, I remember, I think it was um, University of Buffalo quarterback, uh, I believe his name's Tyree Jackson. I think he mm-hmm. briefly had his name, I think, in the portal looking to maybe move up to a bigger program before he decided to go pro. But uh, it, do you have a sense for, you know, how the, you know, players might be moving around in that in that regard? Yeah, you know, I think that one thing I sort of expected going into this and looking at the numbers was you would think, okay, there's going to be a bunch of players that are, you know, going from power five to to group of five, just, you know, assuming there would be uh, more opportunities there. And, uh, you know, going through and counting it up, I mean, the number is like around like 70 or so. I I thought there would be a ton because you would just assume, oh, these group of five programs are really going to benefit from having all these power five guys out there. But like I said, I think it's only been about 70 or so that have made that jump from power five to group of five. And it's surprising, but I, you know, I think that again, it's part of something that is sort of the hidden problem in all this is that these schools are now, um, you know, because of the recruiting rules and stuff, like they can only take 25 in a class and and that's just a hard count. And there used to be a lot more flexibility to kind of, um, you know, tweak the numbers and make it work, but, but that's, it's a lot stricter now. And so, I've talked to, to recruiting coordinators in the Big 12 and other places who, who said kids just don't understand this. We, we don't have room. Once you take 25, that's it. And, and, and obviously you're going to go out and sign 20, 22, 23 of them in your recruiting class. So there, there's just not a ton of room for these programs uh, to take transfers as much as they might want to. Right. I mean, that's part of the thing that, uh, you know, I don't think any kid, it sounds like th- th- that they really don't quite get is that, you know, there are these new hard caps now. And on top of that, you know, I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of, you know, a coach at Oklahoma or a coach at Texas or what have you, I mean, looking at that list, like you mentioned with Lincoln Riley, the the number of kids that, you know, you'd be interested on there, I mean, at some point, you probably just as soon take your chances with a, a freshman that you could, you know, sign and, and kind of mold your own way as opposed to a guy who's uh, out there in the free market. Yeah, there's no doubt. I and mean, that's one thing when I talked to Herm Edwards about this, the thing that he, he finds kind of astonishing is like he goes and he looks at the list of players who found schools and, and, and especially found schools in Power 5 programs. Like there are a lot of guys out there where he's kind of scratching his head being like, why did you take that guy? I mean, at some point, I agree with you, man. Like I think – I think at some point, uh, isn't it better to take a, a freshman, a four, a four or five year guy, as opposed to bringing one of these guys in who may have had issues? And not to mention, you have to go through the process in a lot of these cases of trying to get them that waiver to play right away. Like it mm-hmm. just, it just probably makes more sense to go out and sign a freshman. And so again, that's why I think these programs are trying to be, uh, you know, very selective. And and also like, as you just sort of watch this develop, like you have to be very careful about this because you really never know who's going to pop up there. Because like we saw, you know, a, a week or two ago, we saw a, a potential starting linebacker from Clemson go into the portal. Mm-hmm. Like we saw Chris Steele, you know, one of the top cornerback recruits in the country uh, leave Florida after one semester and go like, you, you kind of want to save your spots in case someone really big 
shows up that, that is worth going after. And, and you don't want to be sort of stuck at your limit. And then all of a sudden these players that can really impact your program uh, suddenly become available in the summer. Right. I mean, that was my next question actually is, you know, how the coaches manage their and programs manage their rosters. I mean, so did you get the impression that a lot of coaches were planning on maybe, you know, leaving a spot or two open that might be uh, filled by, uh, you know, somebody who might pop up there? I mean, is that going to become kind of like a common practice where they're only signing, you know, uh, uh, I guess fewer than 25 in a, in a class? Yeah, you know, I think coaches are getting smarter about that. I remember talking with um, a, a Big 12 coach a year ago who, who said, you know, he was he was glad that he only signed 18 or so. He did that intentionally because it, it's not just whatever transfers pop up, but there are still pretty good junior college players out yeah. there and, and, and even good high school players that are still fall under the radar even after signing day that you can go out and get in the spring. So I, I think coaches are sort of coming around to that, that thinking anyway that, Hey, let's. We don't need to sign 25 in December or in February. Let's um, let's save some room. But but yeah, I mean, I went through and looked at it, and, and in the 2019 class, the average for the Power Five class, I think these schools signed an average of 22 players. Um, so you know, I don't know how dramatically it's going to change, but but yeah, I imagine um, you know, I, I think that could be sort of a ripple effect of this as you go look at the 2020 class. Maybe these schools are more comfortable signing 19 or 20 guys and then kind of seeing what's out there, uh, you know, in the, yeah. in the free agent pool after that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. One other question I had, and it's something that you mentioned in your article, but, you know, I think that part of the reason this was done was, you know, to facilitate player movement, but, you know, also to kind of have to cut down on the kind of, I guess, shady kind of back channeling, you know, between players and, and programs. But mm-hmm. when you start thinking about it, if coaches are going to take a hardline stance on if you go in the portal, you're gone. I mean, doesn't that really just encourage players to make sure <laughs> if they do go in the portal that they're going to have somewhere to land? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, think about it. If it was your kid, wouldn't you tell them, hey, maybe you should go DM that coach that recruited yeah. you or DM a couple of those coaches that recruited you and see if they have room for you before you put your name in that? And, yeah. and that's like, a, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, that, it, it sort of is, you know, the intent of, of all of this was to um, sort of uh, make this stuff less shady, make make that tampering happen less. And, uh, you know, instead, it's, I, I, and I, honestly, I think this is a concern for the future too. It, you know, if, if we get into, you know, a legitimate free agency deal where you can be immediately eligible no matter where you go when you transfer, um, you know, I, I think I think it, it must be a pain in the ass, in the ass for these coaches mm-hmm. to um, have, you know, other coaches DMing their kids uh, you know, probably throughout their freshman year saying, are you sure you want to be there? Do you want to come here? I mean, that's, uh, I, you know, that stuff goes on and, uh, you would hate for the system to encourage even more of that, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, gotta be, you know, exactly. I think a pain for everybody involved, but you know, I guess 
you you mentioned the uh, you know uh, the uh, what seems to be kind of a spike in the number of waivers that are being granted for immediate eligibility. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I I can't imagine. I, I mean, coaches are going to be re-recruiting in a lot of cases a lot of players. I mean, going forward, I can't imagine that necessarily they're they're thrilled with the way these developments are going, right? Yeah, it, well, you know, it's it's always sort of it's all about self-interest, right? So, yeah. you know, I talked to Gary Patterson about this a few weeks back, and he he complained to me uh, about the number of waivers that are being passed out. He, he he's really concerned about that number. And then, you know, a couple of days later, he gets Matthew Baldwin from Ohio State, and and now they want to go and get a waiver yeah. for him, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, that's might as well. Goes, right. I mean, you can you can you complain about how it's it's benefiting everybody else, but then when it's it's your turn, you certainly hope you get one too. So. Um, yeah, no, I think the number of waivers, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I think that the fact that that percentage of, of being approved for that stuff seems really high right now. I, I think some people in the NCAA probably can hold that up as, hey, this is a good thing. Like we're, mm-hmm. you know, people blame us for being really outdated with our stuff, but this is, you know, kind and progressive of us to, to approve these things and make it easier. Um, but I think other coaches look at that and say, no, that's not a good thing because these, that, that that is ultimately – what these coaches fear. They don't want free agency. They don't want where a kid can leave at any moment and go play somewhere else immediately. Um, I think all the things like the transfer portal has sort of been half measures that avoided us getting to that kind of official status where you can just go anywhere. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, the number of waivers approved, I think it's a good thing, but I think you, you do see a bunch of coaches now are starting to ask a lot of questions about, you know, why are we making this so easy? And, and is this sort of a precursor to, like I said, all out free agency. Yeah, and you know, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of two minds of it because uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm all in favor of player movement and, and players having as many rights as possible. You know, at the same time, though, the the paternalistic side of me looks at it and thinks, you know, uh, just especially, you know, if you, I'm sure that if you looked at it from an academic perspective. It probably hurts your oppor- your your chances of graduating or or you know advancing towards your degree when you transfer because of you know how the credits work out and stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that uh, it's it's great for players, uh, you know, from that standpoint. And then you know, like we mentioned, all the back channels. I mean, you know, if you're able to just move, I mean, if you if you have to sit a year, at the very least, you know, you're committed when you make that, when you decide to make that move, you know, this, this is, it can be, I don't know. I think there's, there's more of a downside that, you know, players need probably should be uh, paying more attention to, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting, man. Like I think one thing that doesn't really get talked about enough is like, I think there's a lot of merit to pointing out that, that having to set out that transfer year can be a really good thing. And I, and I would point to, um, you know, what Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray have accomplished. I'd point to what uh, Will Greer accomplished at West Virginia. Like, those guys really did benefit from sitting out a year, getting out of the spotlight, you know, running scout team, you know, taking classes, but not having to be the guy. Like, I think we, we've seen a lot of success stories of those guys, and, and, and you're right. Like, it does sort of screw up your path to graduating and stuff. But I think we've seen that it, it can be just for the betterment of the player and, and the teammate. Um for them to have to spend that year out. So I, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing. Like I'm, if we get to the point where it's free agency and stuff like, then so be it. Like I, mm-hmm. we were going to get there at some point. And uh, the fact that these coaches can leave whenever they want, um, literally whenever they want with no repercussion, like I understand why it, it, it makes for sort of a fair trade off that players can do the same. But 
but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a big proponent of it. It needs to happen ASAP, but I kind of more sit back and, and watch with curiosity of sort of what are the, what are the effects of that? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess just in general, I mean, do you, did you get a sense that there are going to be any kind of reforms coming to this or anything like that? Is it too early in that process? Is there anything that seemed to be kind of uh, universally, you know, people saying, okay, this needs to, this part of this needs to be fixed. Anything like that? You know, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and I wrote last year about uh, sort of the issue of the number of players that declare for the NFL draft as underclassmen and then go undrafted and sort of like, why does that happen? Why are those numbers the same every year? Like, what are they doing to try and improve that? And I, and I feel like this issue is, is similar in a lot of ways because there's not really one boogeyman in all this, right? There's not one, there's not one party that's at fault for all this. There's not one way to like, all right, let's just change this rule and then everything's fine because this is sort of an open market. I mean, these, these players are always going to, um, you know, have people in their ear giving them advice. They're always going to feel inclined to bet on themselves. And, you know, and, and, and certainly we're going to get in situations where, I mean, this is how it goes. You, you sign a hundred guys over four years and you can only have 85. Like there's, yeah. you know, spots run out, guys are going to move. That's just, that's just part of the game. Right. But, um, I, I don't know what kind of rule you can you can make or change to to, to lessen the number of players that, that go into the portal. I think as long as you're going to make it easier, there's going to be more people that try and do it. And you just hope, I guess, that, that these coaches, um, you know, are able to give them the best information possible about what are your odds, uh, you know, when you go into the portal of actually ending up where you think you belong. Um, because, you know, one one – one staffer in an SEC program I talked to for this piece, he 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 warned me there's going to be a renaissance for JUCO football because of all this because yeah. of the number of players <laughs> yeah. that you know that number of players who think that they're going to you know they're going to that Alabama's going to call or that these big programs are going to call when they go in there and they find out no you're you're probably best off playing JUCO ball. I mean it's it's interesting we've we've seen that uh, a number of times this off season and. Um, you know, you just you hope these these players can get the best information possible, um, but you also kind of know that that you know that's never going to be perfectly the case. Yeah, no, it. Uh, you know, I mean, and but it's also you know, I mean, it's their lives too. You know, so I mean, you know, they should you know, I guess, be able to kind of you know do what they want. I mean, I kind of, I guess, you right. know, I I look at that pool of you know guys who who didn't move on and just kind of think, well, I mean. To a degree, it's just kind of the fact facts of life. They wanted to move on, and you know, the, you know, it's not necessarily a problem. It's just kind of what it is, I guess. You know. Well, and 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 as we talked about earlier, like the reality of this is, there are a bunch of kids sitting in the portal right now who figured out that that they are not, you know, FBS football players, and they need to go find a school, whether it's junior college or FCS or whatever, uh, you know, where they can play and be successful. So it's not it's not necessarily that every one of these you know, 250 power five guys that are undecided um, is, is getting a raw deal. In some cases, this is sort of, this is how it goes. Right. Um, but you, you hope, you just hope that they have some sense of what they're getting into because right now, uh, as, as we get into to June here, the spots are pretty much all filled up and there's just a lot of guys that are, are sort of stuck and, 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 you know, <laughs> with the way the coaches are approaching it, yeah. uh, you can't really go back to the school you left. So, uh, you hope there aren't too many kids that uh, are getting screwed over in this. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you know, Max, uh, you know, looking at some of like the kind of high level issues in college football, I mean, you know, transfers is one that you're seeing a lot of talk about now. Are there any other that you any others that you're following or th- see, think that might, uh, you know, kind of end up, uh, you know, having some ripple effects here in, in the immediate future? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I went out to the, the, you know, coaches meetings in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago where you had coaches from, you know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and, and the Big 12 and a bunch of a group of five leagues. And, and you know, in talking with them and, and, and talking with athletic directors there, like this is kind of the dominant issue right now. Maybe that's just because it's the most convenient issue to deal yeah. with um, because it's the most pressing one right now. Obviously, you know, we're, we're having this topic now of, um, you know, uh, the paying players for image and likeness and yeah. all that, which um, is, is sort of sprouted up now as, as a thing that's become – a real conversation, but, but no, this is the transfer stuff is, is the big thing because coaches are pissed. I mean, that's just, that's just how, they, <laughs> that's how it is. They're concerned about the way this is going. Uh, certainly you've, you've had some programs. I mean, there's, there's some programs out there like Penn state and Virginia tech that yeah. have had like, you know, more than a dozen guys leave. And it's not like that coach is necessarily doing something wrong. And, 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 you know, so it's a matter of sort of how do we get control of this? This, this has kind of been the dominant issue and, and the one that everyone is trying to, wrap their arms around but but obviously there's not uh you know there's not one magic bullet that'll fix it yeah well it's uh definitely an interesting time so um so anyway max really appreciate it uh you know you guys over there at the athletic always do great work and uh, you know stuff like this is uh you know a testament to it it was a really good piece and you know lots of great research went into it so thanks so much for coming on to uh, talk with us about it yeah thanks a lot man happy to come on anytime Thanks again to our guest Max Olson of The Athletic for coming on talking with us about the transfer portal and the uh, state of kind of the transfer market in college football. And uh, like I mentioned, if you don't mind and uh, you're so inclined, please uh, hit us up with a rating and review uh, on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever it is that you get your podcast. makes it easier for everybody to find us. So um, thanks so much for joining us. And for the Blatant Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.